I've been sitting here in silence at 5.30 in the morning trying to figure out exactly what to say for this episode. It's one that I've done each year in some shape or form since I've started this podcast. I've thought about different titles like reflecting on the past year or my goals for the new year and none of that really seems to fit. I've seen the memes on the interwebs. Everything from nobody claim this 2021 as your year to don't breathe, don't touch anything. It's no doubt that we're all happy to see 2020 close its door. It's no doubt that it has been a year. And it's no doubt that things seem to be finally taking a turn toward progress and a light at the end of the tunnel. But nothing magical is going to happen on January 1st. Because it's not about next year. It's about right now. Whatever and whenever that might be. You're listening to the Anacrusic Podcast, episode 111. Maleski and I've helped music teachers just like you get more intentional in their classrooms through my trainings, curriculum, and tips shared on this podcast. The truth is, teaching music is hard. You have a bunch of kids to teach and not a lot of free time to figure out how. Feeling overwhelmed and frustrated is totally normal. But here's the good news. It only takes a few simple steps to flip the script. And although it may be simple, it's definitely not easy unless you have the right toolkit. So let's start tuning and transforming your music teacher life right now. The actionable steps you need to find the purpose, follow a sequence, and choose joy are right here. This is the Anacrusic Podcast. Okay, you may have finally hit your stride in terms of all the changing things with teaching in 2020 and now 2021, but even though the way you've been teaching is probably a little different, what you're teaching, the intention behind what you're teaching is still the same. And so planning stress is probably all too real right now. Think about it. How often do you stare at your open computer screen looking at a blinking cursor, thinking, what should we do this week? Is it every time you sit down to plan your lessons? It took me a hot minute to figure it out too, to be honest, and at first it was a hot mess express. I threw things in all willy-nilly at the last minute, wasn't really sure what led here or there, and I had no clue how to keep my kids engaged throughout my music lessons. I knew there had to be an easier way, a process, or a system for how to plan my lessons week to week that would be efficient, effective, and beat the overwhelm. Well, guess what? There totally is. And I want to share that system with you. Join me in my upcoming free workshop, The Ultimate Music Lesson Planning Roadmap, How to Plan Music Lessons Without the Overwhelm. I'll share with you the four planning pillars that have perfected my planning process inside this free workshop. Head to anacrusic.com forward slash workshop to snag your seat. Again, that's anacrusic.com forward slash workshop. Resolutions aren't really my jam. Don't get me wrong, I write them down each and every year, but I'm a typical January joiner where things sound really, really good when you're in the midst of the holidays and you can set these lofty goals for later. And then after a week, I'm burnt out doing all the things and trying to change everything about myself. This enthusiasm for positive change or knowledge or whatever you wanna call it isn't unique to the new year for me. It's just one of those things about my personality. I have to have a goal or a project that I'm working toward or I go bananas. So the new year always feels like the ultimate achievement addiction fix. All the people make the goals and joins the party and sets the bar too high. I'm just straight up unrealistic. 
The same thing happened to me when I first became a mom. I was going to do all the things when my first baby was born. I was going to make the baby food, no screen time, and all the sensory bins all the time. Well, now that baby number two is here, the occasional homemade pouch happens, but other than that, it's Costco applesauce, Daniel Tiger for days, and the crafting bug comes in spurts depending on what else is going on, what is lying around the house, and what craft kits were available at Michael's. Again, unrealistic expectations. And specifically, when it comes to motherhood, I had zero clue what my life was going to be like as a mom. I jumped in with both feet because, I mean, the whole thing just sort of happens at the hospital, and I figured it out as I went along, for better or for worse. But now that I'm in it, there's days that, yes, I feel like I have my wits about me, but there's others that I still can't believe they trusted me to take tiny humans home from the hospital without a clue. I had no understanding of what it would be like until I was actually in it. Sounds an awful lot like pandemic teaching, doesn't it? And just to be clear, I am not equating the pure joy and blessing of being a mother to the incredibly traumatic events of the year. It's merely the loss of control that seems to strike a parallel in my mind. So just for funsies, let's look back at March. And as an aside, wasn't it a Friday the 13th when the bulk of the ish just seemed to happen? What were you thinking about? I don't know what I thought, but I was thinking, oh, this is something that we'll probably deal with until the end of the school year, and then life will be back to quote unquote normal come the fall. Nope. None of that was based in any sort of reality. It was really wishful thinking, mostly because I was so uncomfortable with this new way I was being asked to teach. Online teaching was a completely foreign environment to me, at least to kids. Hybrid teaching was a completely foreign environment. And now it's our new normal. Although it probably doesn't feel super duper comfortable, or maybe it does, and hooray if that's you. But in a lot of ways, this has become our new normal. And I know from talking with members of the community that there are silver linings in all of the crazy that we have dealt with this year, both in terms of being able to bring joy to children and their families through music, and also just figuring out some new stuff that will make our teaching better when we are able to sing and play and actively make music the way we long to again. So what are these takeaways? What can we focus on right now as we go into the new year? Not to improve or change or make drastic innovations, but where should we focus as music teachers as we continue to hone our teaching practice? So here are some of the things that I'm thinking about. Focus on your why, focus on your kids, and focus on simplicity. I talked a little bit about focusing on the why this past week when I was talking about being a teacher musician, and I've certainly shared all about the three pillars of anacrusic even more exclusively lately. These things being purposeful, sequential, and joyful, harnessing my teacher musicianship, and focusing on active music making are my intention, but they seem more of my how rather than my why. The why is a little more complex. Some days I feel incredibly confident in being able to express my reasons for doing what I do in a very specific manner, although not always concise because we're not fooling anyone with brevity around here. But a lot of other times, it's something that's really hard for me to put into words. And it all goes back to that feeling that music gives me and that I hope to pass that on to as many other humans as possible in my time on this earth. 
I posted an interesting poll on Instagram last week talking all about this dichotomy or perhaps non-dichotomy of teacher and musician. I asked folks not what they are, but what they consider themselves to be first, musician or teacher. The overwhelming response was teacher. And it stopped me for a moment because if you listen to last week's episodes, you know that I focus a whole heck of a lot on musicianship. And the reason why is because that centers me in my why. It makes me a better teacher. It helps me to live out that purpose of sharing with as many people as possible, kids, through teaching. And so I'm focusing on the kids. When I was teaching in Texas, I had a dream specials team. The art and fitness teachers are still some of my most favorite people on the planet, and I feel incredibly blessed to have been part of something so special. One of the reasons it was so insanely special is because everything we did was for the kids. That was literally our team motto, for the kids. Everything we did, everything we taught, every collaboration we took on with each other or anyone else at our school was done with that in mind. We were there day in and day out for that purpose, for the kids. And what was so beautiful about that is not only were we completely honed into our why, but we honored that, first of all, sometimes we might have to do something we didn't necessarily get excited about for the kids. And secondly, our kids need different things from us, whether we're talking academically or otherwise. Focusing on the kids makes every decision easy. Does this serve children best is always the filter I run everything through, even now. It's not making my life easier, although hold please on that thought. It's not about serving my ego. It's all about having a student-centered vibe and making changes and modifications as I need to to make sure they are excelling in the music room and, you know, life. And it may seem as though, particularly if this might be a shift in thinking, that focusing on the kids and what they need as individuals may make things more difficult or require more work. But that all comes down to the process or roadmap you're using to facilitate whatever experiences you're facilitating in your classroom. And so focusing on simplicity is key. I am a hoarder of things I love. Makeup from Target, clothes from Target, flare pens, probably from Target. And I'll admit, most of all, ideas. I see this shiny thing and that sparkly thing, and I think it's going to be the thing that makes everything else fall into place. But rather than having everything fall in place, I've grabbed processes and inspiration from so many different places that it's scattered. For me, professionally and personally this year, it's all about simplicity. Now, simplicity doesn't mean dumbed down. It doesn't mean devoid of sparkle. It just means a mastery of something that is working and working well and establishes a framework that you can ebb and flow with to make things, well, just work. So let's stop talking about generalities and get down to it. When it comes to life, I am dead set on developing some rhythm. So reading first thing in the morning with my coffee, wiping down the kitchen, emptying the sink and putting everything back in its place before I go to bed and then going to bed ideally before 10 p.m. But let's be real, at least before 11 p.m. When it comes to teaching, my rock, my simplicity is the learning sequence framework. It's the way that I concept sequence everything. It's the loose structure but clear roadmap of everything I teach in my classroom. And it brings me clarity while still allowing for how I feel most musical, how my kids feel most musical, and what my kids need most at any given day, at any given time, with any given class. 
Having a consistent process like the LSF is essential to making things more simplified and streamlined in your classroom. If you are consistently heading to your classroom and thinking, what am I teaching today? How do I teach this concept? You're creating more work for yourself. If it's not the learning sequence framework, that's fine, but you need to have a process in place that makes everything crystal clear and just makes sense when it comes time for you to plan and to teach anything. And that's what's beautiful about the learning sequence framework. So if you'd like to know more about it and how it serves my classroom and how it's worked for other music teachers just like you, make sure to sign up for that free workshop coming up soon and super soon. Head to the link in the show notes to snag your seat. And as for 2021, maybe you want to claim it as your year, maybe you don't. But one thing is for sure, there is always room for improvement, especially after the year we've just had. If you focus on your why, focus on your kids, and focus on simplicity. That's it for today, guys. I'll see you soon. Thanks for spending this little pocket of your day with me. I know music teachers are super strapped for time, so be sure to check out all the resources on anacoustic.com for today's episode. Don't forget to click subscribe wherever you're listening to today's podcast so you don't miss an episode of TAP. That way, you'll be notified each and every week when a new episode is live. And if you want even more tips and tricks delivered to your inbox, like a little love note from me to you, make sure you sign up for the Anacoustic newsletter and you'll be the first to know all the things. Also, if you are feeling today's episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram and Facebook. And I'd love you forever if you take a hot minute and leave a review. See you next time.